TJ, hello, welcome, and remain indoors. I'm Spencer, aka Free Thrall, and this is Keep Off the Borderlands. Hey, Spencer Roy here. Heard one of your very early messages about Brazil being in your top five. That used to be my top one for so long. I think now um, Last of the Mohicans is in that spot, if I even have a favorite anymore. But Brazil definitely still in the top five. Anyway, enjoying going through your uh, back catalog. Uh, No need to post this one. I didn't have anything important to say on it. Just wanted to let you know. Also, thanks for the recommendation of Southern Reaches. I think... Running a game in something like that would be brilliant. I haven't read the book, but I did see the movie, and that was weird enough to make me think that, uh, yeah, this would make a cool setting. Well, actually, I didn't even think of having it as a setting until I heard you mention it, and I love your ideas for how you would actually implement something like that. Anyway, I think I need to go and now read the books. Thanks. Oh, and also you mentioned Paranoia. Great game. (laughs) It is as fun to read as it is to play. Uh, Yeah, we had some good times with that one. And I almost forgot to mention The Willows. That's such a great story as well. You just had too much packed into that episode. I couldn't remember it all. Thank you, Roy. Roy from Chaos is Lynn there. I know you said on that first message that there was no need to publish it, but I hope you don't mind me putting it out it was so nice to hear from you and the fact that you were are undertaking the arduous task of listening through my back catalogue and also reminding me that I do have a few episodes there where I've actually got a bit of information yeah as things proceed you'll hear me singing the praises of Brazil on a few more occasions and um, I must get back to that setting based on the Southern Reach trilogy. I recently watched the Colour Out of Space, uh, that Lovecraft story that I believe I talk about in that same episode, starring Nicolas Cage, for once starring in a film that's crazier than he is. wouldn't say it was a classic, but I did have a lot of fun watching it. And The Willows, another fantastic story. And I believe the environmentalist in the colour out of space, is actually reading the willows in the film. Yeah, as I say, I'll, I'll have to go back to finish that 
mini campaign. I haven't looked at that in a long time. So thank you for reminding me of that, Roy. And thanks again for those messages. Spencer, hi. Long time, no leave message. Andy Goodman here from Expeditions to the Grizzly Peaks. Now, I know we have been doing a lot of intra-album communication. <laughs> I think at some point we will both end up with just an endless list of, uh, of 90s hip-hop albums, and that will be the end of it. Uh, for those that don't have no idea what I'm talking about, uh, we're both doing this ridiculous Facebook album thing, and we're... I think we're going to keep going until until the apocalypse ends, if that makes any sense. But anyway, acting. Now, as you probably know, and I, I know you've listened to a few of my actual plays, but I'm a terrible one for that um, in every, way, every sense of that expression. I, I can't stop myself from doing it, and I probably should, judging by the results. But I just, I just really enjoy it. I can't. For me, it's a way of me inhabiting the world and 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 actually getting to play a character. Because if I if I do the same voice for every NPC that I run, I, I can't tell the difference between them, and I don't think my players can. So there is actually a, a purpose to it <laughs> beyond just my my um, perhaps um, long stymied dreams of 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 treading the boards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually was kind of wanted to act when I was younger, but I was terrible at it and, and I never got the chance really, or, or not really. So maybe this is my outlet. I don't know. Um, at least I don't have an audience booing me. Now that would be a thing, wouldn't it? To have live booing. Um, maybe I should stream and then see what happens. But no, I, I think there is actually a point to this message. I'll get to it on the next one. And I think what it is, and, and I'll probably get a lot of people violently disagreeing with this, but I think it's important to, to role play in first person. Even if you're not doing silly voices and, and acting per se, I think if you don't do it in first person, you're, you're, you're kind of missing out on this psychological effect wherein you are in that character's shoes. You're not, you're seeing out of their eyes. You're not watching them from, you know, the top, right corner of the room watching them doing what they're doing and I think that makes what happens to your character far more visceral far more exciting far more painful far more tragic and I spent quite a bit of time with my my groups like trying to encourage them to do that because a lot of people don't aren't comfortable doing it and don't want to do it but I really feel it's my job in a way to, to kind of move them towards that in a very gentle way and almost invariably, I think in every single case, to be honest, they they just have to get comfortable. They're, they're just getting comfortable with it. And, and once they're doing it, they realize how much more fun it is for them. And I think that the group just works better that way rather than having a few of them doing it and a few of them not. That That's always a bit weird when like three of them are in first person and two of them are in third person. It creates this kind of weird dissonant effect. But... Um, almost invariably they they move towards it and are really happy there and uh, I'm, i i am convinced i'm not forcing them to do it it's just it's just opening up the possibility for them and so so we can all kind of be in the same place at the same time 
um, in the same bodies. <laughs> if that makes any sense. All right, enough of this nonsense. I'm off to uh, to run some games. Hey, Andy. Andy Goodman from Expedition to the Grizzly Peaks. And, uh, yeah, it's really great to hear from you. Um, I'm glad you're listening along. And, yeah, the Facebook album thing, yeah, I'm going to keep on keeping on until the lockdown ends or um, maybe that meteor will get us. Who knows? But, yeah, there's been a bit of crossover there. I noticed a few things I posted up some time ago are starting to be posted up again which is fine because you know we all need reminding of great albums and uh, yes i am trying not to just put up a whole bunch of hip-hop uh, but i've got quite eclectic tastes as you appear to have and um yeah been a lot of fun uh, seeing your choices and cursing the fact that you've posted something up before i've got to it and for anybody who might be confused it's one of these Facebook challenge things that, that are always doing the rounds. Originally, it was uh, recommend an album a day for seven days or something. And I just decided to keep on doing it throughout the lockdown. And I'm up to, I think I posted number 50 today, which is uh, Tuesday. There's another thing. Remembering what day of the week it is becoming more and more challenging but as far as acting goes i certainly don't think you should be considering giving up i mean there's more to playing a part than doing a voice john connery got away with it for 50 60 years and i would love to give you the opportunity to um <laughs> sorry <laughs> To work your magic on me, <laughs> I just had to stop myself from saying, do your business on me, which uh, would give out the wrong message entirely. And uh, as much as a fan as I am, there are certain things I will not allow. So, uh, yeah, where was I? Now, I've been listening to a couple of your actual plays, and I can hear that. I can hear you encouraging people to talk in the first person. I've noticed a few people not doing that, kind of sticking to their third person approach. And I've got to say, I only really noticed that because I was listening out for it. I didn't find it jarring. I didn't, obviously I can't speak for how it feels for the person playing, but there certainly doesn't seem to be any less a sense of their involvement in what's actually going on. And let's not forget that people play games for different reasons. Something that Shay Webster has explored quite extensively on Roleplay Rescue. But what you do is so engrossing as a GM and, you know, with the other characters throwing themselves into, into the proceedings, uh, I can't say that I was able to keep track of how much third-person stuff actually was going on towards the end. But thank you for those messages, and thank you for your actual plays. Really, really entertaining stuff.
Hey Spencer, Jason here. Thank you so much for playing in my game the other night. I wouldn't do a long-term campaign with people playing themselves, but for a fun little one-off like that, where there really wasn't a whole lot of peril, other than maybe what you created for yourselves. I mean, you didn't know that at the time, but, you know, I, I thought it would be fun and easy and, you know, a good way to do it. And, it, and I think it worked out well. Um, I appreciate you're not mentioning my horrible German accent when I was playing Dr. Ludus. In, in that game. So thank you for not calling me out on that. And um, thank you for not letting Dave know the position we put him in. Um, probably best that he not know the details. You know what I mean? Anyhow, take it easy. I'll talk to you later. I am helping the Dave. <laughs> Sorry, Jason couldn't resist. Uh, Jason Connolly from Nerds RPG Variety Cast there. And uh, no, thank you for running that game. Uh, that was uh, real fun couple of hours and the fact that there wasn't actually anything untoward going on just made it all the more fun you know all those old horror tropes just being used to lead us down the garden path yeah that was good Barney of Loco Ludus is running Robot Death Jungle, a system agnostic game by Andre Novoa, and uh, and he's running it with Electric Bastion Land. Now, in preparation for this, I thought I would try and watch a movie to sort of get me in that Robot Death Jungle mood. The obvious one that springs to mind is uh, Predator. I toyed with the idea of watching Predators, the 2010 sequel, which I did enjoy at the time. Um, there was a, a film I came across called Death in the Garden, I think from 1956 or 57, uh, directed by Spanish surrealist. Louis Unuel, probably saying that completely wrong, but he also directed Unshan Andalou, which is the famous surrealist film that he created with Salvador Dali, and it's got that notorious eyeball slicing scene in it, which, um, I'm just saying it, makes my skin crawl. Yeah, so that was, a, that was a candidate. But there was something that caught my attention that I'd never heard of before. A French-Canadian animated film from 2015 called April and the Extraordinary World. I've, I've just finished watching it, and I've got to say, I really enjoyed it. And um, I just wanted to talk a little bit about it, because as soon as it started... The setup had me hooked. It's an alternative history setting. In 1870, Napoleon signs a peace treaty with Prussia, thus ensuring the continuation of the Napoleonic Empire. Shortly after this occurs, scientists who are on the brink of discovering any significant technical innovations start disappearing 
So technology never progresses from the creation of the steam engine. And this, this film takes place in the 1940s in Paris, where everything is steam-powered. I really enjoyed the world building in this thing. It's steampunk as I understand it. It's dystopian, it's grimy, it's grim, it's oppressive. Where society has been relying on steam power, the air is thick and smoggy, the countryside is completely decimated, all the forests are gone. In fact, there's one tree in Paris that seems to have had a museum built around it. and. It's beautifully animated. There's some wonderful action sequences. And I could go into what's happening to these scientists and why I might have come across this film when looking for something associated with Robot Death Jungle. But I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. Just to say that I thought it was a really entertaining adventure story. If you're familiar with uh, Studio Ghibli films, um, Miyazaki's stuff like um, Nausicaa, The Valley of the Wind, and Castle in the Sky, I would say it was on par with those. And uh, yeah, I just really enjoyed it. Really surprised it was as good as it was. So I played in Barney's Robot Death Jungle game and a great time it was too. Really good to be able to play with Colin Spikepit Green, John Allen Large of RDD RPG and Joe Richter of Hindsightless and Wheel or Woe. I haven't played with you guys nearly enough. And Jim J Outlaw. Jim, always good to meet a new player. And it really was a fun session. Just listen to Barney talking about it on Loco Ludus. He did mention something about saving throws that caused me to reflect on my solo session that I did with Electric Bastionland a few episodes ago. I spoke about rolling up four characters, taking them into the prison of the Worm Queen, which was a little one-shot that Chris McDowell had put together on his Bastion Land blog. And uh, yes, I didn't make it through there. It really was quite a lethal session. I think one was picked off with each combat encounter. And considering how well we did in Robot Death Jungle with only one of the players dying, and us making it out with quite a haul. I wonder if uh, perhaps I might have been a bit too harsh on my own characters. Um, I certainly don't remember giving them an awful lot of opportunity to escape from combat once it had begun. And perhaps it just comes down to... A lack of inventiveness as a player or just, you know, not being able to bounce ideas off of other people. 
I suppose, a tendency to play things out in quite a mechanical way when you are running a solo session, trying not to give your characters unfair advantage, maybe leaving more things up to the dice rolls. Although I do think that in Robot Death Jungle, we were quite fortunate in our roles. It was interesting about the panic mechanic that Barney had introduced, and I wonder if we were accruing panic points a little slower, perhaps, than he'd anticipated, because none of us really succumbed to that. It got me thinking about how well I was running my solo session, you know, if I'd actually really understood the mechanics. And I think in the main I did, I guess because I was both player and GM, I didn't really want to let myself off the hook as such and didn't give my characters the opportunity to maybe rethink their tactics. I mean, Barney did mention that he felt perhaps he'd given us a few more saving throws than he could have got away with. I don't know. But um, I certainly didn't get the impression that Barney wanted to give us an easy time. Perhaps it's just the fact that I was uh, in a party of some top draw players. But yeah, I was still very surprised that we did as well as we did and uh, got ourselves quite a haul. Four of the five of us managed to emerge victorious, although a couple of us were pretty badly bruised and beaten. But uh, I assume Barney will be comparing and contrasting the next few sessions he's got planned with different players. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Well, not that I'm counting, but including a handful of bonus episodes from Season 1, this appears to be Episode 99. I'm not sure what I've got planned for Episode 100, if anything at all. As you're probably aware, I'm not one of life's great planners, but I was considering using that episode as a close to this second season, because also at the end of this month, I'll have been doing this podcast for a whole year. Yeah, it seems to be raining milestones. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. I've no intentions of really taking a break between seasons, but it seems like a a good place to end this current season. Season one essentially was me trying to become a player. Season two, I'd actually managed to get my game on. So season three, perhaps, I might actually get round to running something. Well, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for your calls. If you want to leave a message, please click the anchor link in the description. Or if you prefer to contact me by email, there's a link there to spencer.freethrall 
at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter, MeWe, Instagram as Free Thrall. There's a Keep Off the Borderlands Facebook page. Also in that episode description, you'll find a link to TGH Drennan's Patreon that provides all the wonderful music. Uh, it just remains for me to say, take it away, TJ. Warning, if celebrating the sound of dice hitting the table and pondering the meaning of the many acronyms within your player's handbook doesn't cure that burning sensation, please see your doctor.